Alright, I'll give it a try. No! Try not! Do! Or do not! There is no try. The, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1! Never tell me the odds! Dance off, bro! Me and you! We're just like Kevin Bacon. Amigo? Oi, mi amigo. Uh, amigos! We're all amigos! Caution! Do not hold buttons for more than five seconds. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. You know, you don't talk very much. I like you! Eva! You must unlearn what you have learned. On the cover of a magazine! Your stunned silence is very reassuring. Abominable! <laughs> Can you believe that? Do I look abominable to you? Why can't they call me the adorable snowman or, or the... Come on, I'll be here only. Remember to tip your waitresses. back to the bracket and this time we are going to determine what is the best Pixar movie by using a bracket what better way than determine one winner than by using a bracket a March Madness style tournament that will determine one of the best Pixar movies out there is it one of the Toy Story movies is it a Monsters Inc is it Cars is it something else we're going to determine that today but first, we have some big news, and a lot of it affects our pocketbooks as customers. Genie Plus, they just announced price increases for Genie Plus, and it sounds like they're not done yet. So, as I open up the My Disney Experience app, and I go to the tip board, and click Purchase Genie Plus for today, it's $22 per person today. That's $7 more than it was a week ago so uh, for Walt Disney World customers if you wanted the Genie Plus it was $15 plus tax so it was like $15.98 now it's $22 plus tax so you're looking at over $23 just for the Genie Plus system so that's a pretty big increase especially if it's more than one person one or two people if you have a family of four or five that really adds up that's over $100 right there per day um, a lot of people aren't happy and I understand why everything just continues to rise in price and this is just another little nickel and dime feeling that you get so an extra $22 and I read that it's not done there either I anticipate it to go up around Thanksgiving Christmas New Year's all of those very very busy days and I don't think it's going to go back down to $15 anytime soon 
Uh, so I think they're just trying it out for the Halloween season right now, going up to $22. I read something about even going up to $25. I know Disneyland is a little bit more. It was originally $20 per day, but $22 here at Disney World, that's a lot. That's $100 per day for my family if I wanted to purchase it for everyone. So, with that said, it's not just the Genie Plus. It's also the individual Lightning Lanes as well. Um, I'm trying to look on my app, but I'm pretty sure all of them are sold out. I know Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is sold out at Magic Kingdom. If I look at the Guardians, that one's sold out as well. But those have been going up in price as well. I know Rise of the Resistance over at Hollywood Studios. That went up to $20. That's a huge increase as well. So instead of paying $15, which was a lot back then, uh, just a week ago or less than a week, now you're paying $20 to ride that one time. That's a lot of money. Um, and if you do that for everybody in your family, like I said, you're looking at an additional like $200 if you get Genie Plus as well. So it's going to add up very quickly. And I don't think they're done there, unfortunately. So, um, so yeah, open up that pocketbook because you're going to have to use it if you want to enjoy these parks. Um, some people go there without using it. More power to you. But when I have a family of, um, you know, younger children, half of our family's young children under the age of five, we're going to use Genie Plus because we're not waiting in line for more than 15 or 20 minutes. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Anyways, I try to digress. Uh, I know Bob Chappick's getting a lot of heat from that. Josh Tomorrow, who we've talked about in recent episodes. It's kind of getting off scot-free, but I know it's kind of a joint decision. Um, and yeah, I'm trying not to start off the show too negative today, but it's kind of hard not to when it's already very expensive to go to the Disney theme parks. Some people may say that it's not that much when you look at Universal's lightning lane system or their fast pass system um i know it's when we looked at it it was somewhere about a hundred dollars per person but you can you get unlimited rides as well so um so that's one thing to explore the current version of genie plus isn't perfect and it's not i would say it's not great honestly unless you're at magic kingdom it works there for the most part but i wish one of my um, pet peeves is that you can't just wake up at 7 a.m. and set your day. Like, you can't make two or three selections at one time. It has to be one, and then you have to wait for, like, four or five hours, uh, either after you use it or two hours after park opening to make another one. And you don't even know if there's going to be fast passes available. So you could just be blowing $100 a day for one or two fast passes, and that's not really worth it, in my opinion. So on those busy uh, holiday weekends, you can fully expect... Uh, a lot of those fast passes or lightning lanes, as I should be calling them, they're going to be booked up because people are still buying these passes. Um, and I, I don't know if it's trying to deter people from buying less Genie Pluses because I don't think that's going to be the answer. I don't think that's going to work. Um, I think people are still going to get it and it's not going to open up more lightning lane slots or availability because I'm looking at it today and they're they're almost all gone too. So I don't think that's the answer. I think they're sadly just trying to get more money out of the system. Um, they're trying to meet the demand for it. And I don't think this is a good way to do it. I don't know. Um, I just don't like how they constantly are hiking up the prices uh, everywhere when everything's so expensive nowadays. So um, just a jug of milk is expensive or a gallon of milk. So 
Yeah, it's just one more negative, unfortunately. Uh, if you compare it to Universal, Universal's Lightning Lane or Quick um, Pass system, or Fast Pass system, that I can't remember what they call it, but it's very expensive, but you get unlimited rides. On Genie Plus, you get one ride and that's it. So um, it is very limited. You can argue that Universal's passes or their theme park tickets are a lot cheaper than Disney World's. Yes, that's true. Um, so maybe they're trying to match Universal's uh, Fast Pass system and pricing, or maybe get closer to it. But I don't know. It's not the same system. It's like comparing apples and oranges. So we'll see where it goes from here. Not very excited for it, um, but it is what it is, and we have to live with it. So um, Genie Plus is going up. I think it's going to continue to go up. So um, so there we go. Other than that, I haven't been to the park since our last episode. I know we're probably going to be going here very soon. Get some, um, you know, some dining reservations, hit the parks, and, uh, you know, have a good time getting back to the parks. Um, I've been kind of not on a regular schedule here because of my new job and a new computer, so thanks for bearing with me. We're going to get to some news here today shortly, and then, like I said, our e-ticket attraction of the week is what is the best Pixar movie? We're going to look at all of them. They're going to be ranked 1 through 20. We're going to have 20 different movies to choose from in a bracket March Madness style format. And we're going to decide what is the best Pixar movie and what better way than with a bracket. Okay, I was recording originally on Saturday when I gave the original Genie Plus prices. Today is Sunday and it looks like it's going for about $20 a guest. It says... Uh, available today for $20 per guest plus tax. So that's a little less than the $22. It's going to fluctuate like that for a while. I think it's going to fluctuate somewhere between $17 and $22 for the time being. And I'm assuming once we get closer to Thanksgiving and Christmas, it could see upwards of $25 per guest. That's just my guess, but I'm, I'm assuming that. Hopefully I'm wrong and it stays capped at like $22. Um, but we'll see. Also trying to get some more updates for the individual lightning lanes that you can purchase without purchasing Genie Plus. Right now, it's 10 a.m. on a Sunday, um, October 16th, and Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is only $15, so that's actually a pretty good deal for that. Uh, I've, I've paid $17 uh, just a couple weeks ago, so uh, that's good to see that one going down in price. I can't see Mine Train. It's already sold out. Usually, Rise of the Resistance is already sold out, but let me just check. I'm trying to get the most up-to-date pricing. And yeah, Rise of the Resistance is gone. And let me check over at Animal Kingdom. We might be able to get a price on Flight of Passage. Nope, it's already sold out too, so it's very busy right now. Um, yeah, 40 minutes for Expedition Everest. That's pretty high for them. And let's see, Cali River Rapids is 20 minutes. That's not too bad. Kilimanjaro Safari is always busy, but it's 70 minutes. Navi River Journey is 50 minutes. So it's pretty busy at Animal Kingdom today. Let's check out Magic Kingdom. Let's check out some of those wait times. Like I said, um, Mine Train is the one you can purchase. It used to be about $9 to purchase per person. Hopefully that's still the same price if it's keeping the trend with Cosmic Rewind, I really hope so. Big Thunder Mountain right now is a 40-minute wait. That's not too bad. That's about the average. 
Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, 15 minutes. So not too bad. It has been really busy. I think this past Friday and Saturday was super busy. I don't know if there's fall breaks going on. Um, but whatever's going on, it was very busy. I had the in-laws in for a cruise, for a Disney cruise, and the airport was jam-packed. So I don't know if there were a lot of people off or had a lot of breaks or what. But uh, it was very busy. Also, I got a new microphone since the past episode. I was listening to the past episode for uh, while I was editing it, and a couple of spots in there were kind of weird. Like, I don't know what was going on with that, but I apologize for that. I uh, got a new one. Hopefully, that works a lot better, and I'm enjoying it so far. So far, so good. There's a new Zero light-up popcorn bucket at Magic Kingdom arriving this month. We're kind of unclear on if it's just for the Halloween parties, which we're bummed about because we've already attended a Halloween party. So we're hoping that it's just showing up at the parks sometime this month uh, so we can get that. But it's really cool. It's just Zero the dog. And it's basically just the dog. Uh, kind of like a flowing ghost-looking thing with like the light-up pumpkin on his nose. And the whole thing lights up. It looks really cool. Like I said, we went back to one of the first Halloween parties for our daughter's birthday in August. And these buckets weren't available yet, so I'm going to be kind of bummed out if uh, they're not available because we've already attended a Halloween party and all the other people that have attended Halloween parties are kind of getting the shaft. So uh, hopefully they just come out and release, which is what we're expecting um, in the near future. Other than that, um, we got the Donald Duck Sipper in the candy corn outfit. Really cute. Um, we got a couple of those. They're not gigantic like you would think a popcorn bucket is, but a sipper, um, very small, very cool, and it looked great. It's also, it's um, honestly one of my favorite sippers or buckets that we've purchased so far. So, very cool with the um, candy corn outfit, given the Halloween time, and I wish they'd bring some of those characters to Disney World. I know in Disneyland, um, they have Mickey Mouse in a pumpkin outfit. I believe Minnie Mouse is a witch, I think. I could be wrong. And uh, I believe Goofy's like a tree or something like that. Or maybe I'm making that up. And then Donald Duck, of course, is in that candy corn outfit. So I wish they'd bring some of those characters here to Disney World. That'd be great. Um, next, we have seen some updates on construction. I know they're working on Moana and Epcot. That's kind of the big blockade that's stopping you from crossing through naturally. Um, and I think once that opens up, it's really going to make the flow of traffic a lot better. And like I said, uh, for the shop on October 1st, it was lined up all the way around that fencing that they had for the special merchandise. Stay tuned for today's e-ticket attraction.
today's e-ticket attraction is what is the best Pixar movie ever? So looking at my list of Pixar movies that have been made, there is a list of 26 Pixar movies over the course of many years, starting in 1995 with Toy Story, the original, the OG, and going all the way to Lightyear, which just released this year, so this summer uh, of 2022. So that's a span of a long time, but we're going to answer the question today using our favorite bracket, what is the best Pixar movie? There can only be one, right? Any Highlander fans out there, there can only be one. Um, and for this case, we're going to pick our best Pixar movie. So we're going to throw it into a bracket. We're not going to throw all 26 into the bracket. I chose the top 20 based on a couple of factors. So uh, let's get to how I ranked these um, Pixar movies from 1 to 20. And it didn't have anything to do with my personal favorites. That'll be decided in the bracket itself. That's how I'm going to determine a winner. So from 1 to 20, I used a couple of factors to try to be the most fair. And... I used the highest grossing domestic box office total in money plus the IMDb rating. So IMDb, if you're not familiar with it, it's a pretty popular movie database where users and critics can review films. Um, to give you a good idea of what a good rating is, anything in the 8s is superb. I rarely find anything in the 9s. Uh, it's on a 10-point scale. Anything in the sevens is really good too, which a lot of these Pixar's fall within the seven to eight range, but some of them, depending on biases and things like that, um, fall underneath the seven. And we're going to get to those ratings. We're going to get to the domestic box office total here right now to give you our top 20 um, Pixar movies. So, so let's start with the IMDb rating. Like I said, it's on a scale from one to 10. And the top rated movie is Wally with an 8.4. It's actually a tie. It's Coco and Wally with an 8.4 rating on IMDb. These ratings are compiled of users and critics. Some of them, you know, like with everything, like with a Yelp review, some people haven't even eaten at places and they give them a zero stars or something like that. So, you know, take these with a grain of salt. It's not going to be the most accurate. It's not going to be just critics reviewing these films but a lot of them do review on imdb so the 2008 film wally and the 2017 film coco have an 8.4 rating on imdb that's pretty darn good next up we have a few films tied at 8.3 the 1995 film toy story 2009's film up and the 2010 film toy story 3 all have an 8.3 on imdb Moving on, the 2003 film Finding Nemo has an 8.2, along with 2015's Inside Out, 8.2. 2001's film Monsters, Inc. has an 8.1, along with Ratatouille, the 2007 film. The Incredibles, the original, in 2004, got an 8.0. Soul, the 2020 film, got an 8.0 as well on IMDb. Next, we have the Toy Story 2 sequel. The 1999 film, which I didn't think it was that old, but that makes sense. Just four years after the original Toy Story, 
with a 7.9. I think that's a little low if you ask me. And it's right there with Toy Story 4, the 2019 film, with a 7.7. .7. So you can see we're going to start dipping down into the 7s. Um, and like I said, a 7 is really good on IMDb as well. So uh, some of these films I would personally would give a 9 or a 10. I think they're perfect. But IMDb takes reviews from many different reviewers. So after Toy Story 4, we have the 2018 film Incredibles 2 with a 7.6, which again, I think is very low, but one of my favorites. 2020's Onward with a 7.4, along with the 2021 film Luca, 7.4. Finding Dory, the 2016 film with a 7.3. And then the number two movie, A Bug's Life, the second film in Pixar's franchise history, the 1998 film has a 7.2. 2006's Cars got a 7.2 on IMDb. 2013's Monsters University, 7.2. 2012's Brave, a 7.1. 2022's Turning Red, a 7.0. 2015's The Good Dinosaur, 6.7. I'd probably agree with these ones coming up here with a side um, or aside from Lightyear. But 2017's Cars 3, 6.7. 2011's Cars 2, 6.2. I think that's probably the worst Pixar movie, in my opinion, Cars 2. Uh, and then it followed up with, I think, a pretty harsh rating of a 6.0 light year. So the one that just came out this past summer. You know, there's a lot of factors. There was a lot of stink that was made of light year and how it came to be. And just some people went into it with a negative connotation or negative opinion before even seeing the film and a 6.0 that's pretty low i thought it was a pretty solid film maybe a high six or low seven i think that's where i would rate it personally but uh that's what it is imdb so not to be completely biased with some of the ratings maybe some of them are lower than you would think um i also use the domestic box office total and i got this from box office mojo and um so those are the figures that I, I chose. You may say this is a Walt Disney World podcast. Why are we going over films? Why are we going over Pixar movies? Because a lot of things that you're going to see in the Disney World parks or in the Disney parks are related to Pixar. They're related to film. That's where it started. Like Walt Disney said, it all started with a mouse. And you can also expand upon that and say it all started with these characters, right? These memorable characters. And these memorable settings and scenes, um, they're very memorable. And Disney incorporates them so well into their parks, they're everywhere. So why not go over a bracket of the best Pixar movie? So what do you think? What do you think is the number one or the highest grossing domestic box office film in Pixar's history? It is The Incredibles 2. So Incredibles 2. Got over $608 million at the domestic box office. $608,581,744 to be specific. And it blows away everything else. I remember my wife and I, we saw it with a double feature for the first time on the night it was released. We saw The Incredibles, the original one that was made. And then the second half of that um, two-parter was The Incredibles 2. And that was a great night. Very memorable for us. We enjoyed it um, tremendously. I think I do enjoy Incredibles 2 more than the original. But both are incredible films. 
Um, no pun intended, actually. Uh, the second one comes in at $486 million. So like I said, the first one was $608 million. That's a big jump. And a lot of this is going to have to do with the year it was released. A lot of people consider Toy Story to be the best, one of them to be the best. If you think about when it came out, it wasn't very well known. It was kind of a, um, a new venture out there into the world of animation, 1995. A lot of animated films you were used to the drawn style, right? Not the computer animated Pixar that we have come to know and love. But as you see these um, years increase, you're going to see the box office totals increase because they built that reputation of being a really good film franchise or a really good film production company. So number twos, I would not have guessed this, but it's Finding Dory with $486 million and some change. The third highest is pretty close to that, these next two. Toy Story 4, which makes sense because it came out in 2019, right before the pandemic. And like I said, the higher the year, usually the higher the box office total. That's not always the case, but with a franchise like Toy Story, they got more and more, as you'll see. So, um, $434 million for Toy Story 4, $415 million for Toy Story 3, which is the fourth highest in Pixar history. The fifth highest is Finding Nemo with $380 million. The sixth highest is Inside Out with 356, almost 357 million at the box office domestically. The seventh one is up, just under 300 million dollars. Next is Monsters Inc. 290 million, followed by Monsters University at 268 million. The tenth uh, highest box office total domestically is The Incredibles, 261 million. Next, you have Toy Story 2 with 245 million. Cars follows that at 244 million, so that was very close. Brave is the 13th highest. Wally Toy Story, the original Toy Story, is 15th highest domestically at the box office. So, as I was saying, the more recent films are going to have a bigger following, thus, a bigger box office total. And prices have increased over the years, right? So, the box office is going to be higher and higher. Cars follows that, or not Cars, but Coco follows Toy Story at 16th highest. Ratatouille, Cars 2, A Bug's Life, Cars 3, The Good Dinosaur, Lightyear, Onward, and a few of these along with Onward. They're going to be skewed a lot because of Disney+, Plus, right? Some of these newer films have been released strictly on Disney+, Plus, and that's going to make them they're ranking a lot lower because they don't have a box office total. Not saying they're not great movies, but um, Soul is highly regarded as one of the best Pixar movies out there. So, um, But they don't have anything to show for it at the box office. If I use Disney Plus numbers, that could be a different story. But Onward, they got like a theatrical release as well. It got about $61 million uh, domestically. Then Turning Red, Soul, and Luca don't have any money at the box office because they weren't released at the box office and strictly on Disney+. Plus. Onward got a limited box office release during the pandemic in 2020, but only $61 million. Not too bad, but uh, again, they were trying to draw some Disney Plus numbers. So that's how I came to compile my stats to get the ratings. That's why I'm kind of blabbing on about IMDb ratings as well as box office totals. 
I want to be the most fair in my rankings, putting 1 through 20 in the right spots. So now here we go. I took the average of these two. So if it was first, like Wally, first in IMDb rating, and it was 14th in a box office total, then we took the average of the two, and that was the seed that it got. I don't want to give it away yet, but that's what we came up with. And now we're going to go to our seedings here. We're going to get to our top 20 seeds. Before we get to announcing our bracket. Alright, so the first seed, number one overall, is Toy Story 3. Based on IMDb rating, very high. And the box office total, again, very high. Because it is a newer film. The second seed is Up. Followed by the third seed, Finding Nemo. The fourth seed is Inside Out. The fifth seed is Wally. Again, that was a high one. The sixth seed is Incredibles 2. The seventh seed is Monsters, Inc. The eighth seed is Toy Story 4. Ninth seed is Coco. Tenth seed is the original Toy Story. The eleventh seed is Finding Dory. The twelfth seed is The Incredibles, that original film. The thirteenth seed is Toy Story 2, followed by the fourteenth seed Ratatouille. Number 15, Monsters University. And the 16th seed is Cars. Next, we have four more. We have number 17, Brave. Number 18, Soul. Number 19, A Bug's Life. And number 20, Onward. So remember, Soul and Onward didn't, have, didn't really have a theatrical release due to the pandemic. So that's why they're ranked a little bit lower. Or quite a bit lower. Okay. So if you're familiar with March Madness, the traditional seeding of the bracket matchups are key. So our one seed is the highest seed. It's supposed to be the strongest, typically. They're going to play one of the weakest seeds available. So I kept the original bracket the same, like a traditional 1 through 16 bracket. The one seed is going to play the 16 seed. The two seed plays the 15 seed. The three seed plays the 14 and so on. So the stronger you are, theoretically, in seeding, the weaker, theoretically, an opponent you're going to play. Then I also did kind of like a play-in bracket for number number 17 through 20. So let's announce those play-ins first. So our 17 seed is Brave, taking on number 20 onward in the first round. Number 18, we have Soul, taking on 19 of Bugs Life. So pretty good matchups there. Let's get to the rest of the bracket. Let's announce it here. We're also going to determine a winner today. I feel like some of these episodes are the highest ranked for me. The most downloaded, most listened to episodes are some of these brackets. And I want to continue that here with these Pixar films. So thank you all for your support. I want to put that out there. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your downloads and listens. Uh, it keeps me doing this, keeps me podcasting, and um, allows me to have fun with you guys while recording um, things that I love, like Pixar and Disney. So the one seed, Toy Story 3, is taking on the 16 seed Cars. So you can kind of start doing that in your head. We have the eight seed taking on the nine seed Coco. Um, the nine seed is Coco. The eight seed is Toy Story 4. Pretty good matchup there. The seven seed, Monsters, Inc., taking on Toy Story. Seven versus ten. That's a really good matchup. Monsters, Inc. versus Toy Story. A couple of the originals, right? I think Monsters, Inc. was the third film, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, let's see. So we have Monsters, Inc. released in 2001. 
of course, Toy Story was 1995, and um, let's see, Finding Nemo was the fourth one then, so 2003. So Monsters, Inc. was the third theatrically released Pixar film. So a couple of OGs in there. Um, number five, Wally taking on the 12 seed, The Incredibles. That's a tough matchup, too. The three seed, Finding Nemo, taking on the 14 seed, Ratatouille. The four seed, Inside Out, taking on the 13, Toy Story 2. Number six seed, Incredibles 2, taking on the 11 seed, Finding Dory. And finally, the two seed, Up, taking on the 15 seed, Monsters University. We have some really good matchups. That's what I love about brackets. It makes you pick between two choices. And you have to pick a winner, right? That's the great thing about a bracket. You have to pick a winner. You have to have a winner. And then ultimately at the end, you're going to have one final champion. So I say we start with this play-in bracket. That's a great place to start. Then we'll build up. And um, the, the winner of this play-in bracket will determine, or not determine, but they will kind of fight amongst themselves until there's one winner. And then they will advance to um, take on one of the other victors in another round. So let's start with a 17 and 20 matchup. 17 Brave taking on number 20 Onward. And for me, um, when I'm selecting these today, it's going to be, what's my favorite film, right? What's the film I can rewatch over and over again? Or which one has the more rewatchable or rewatchability factor? If I watch a movie and it's hard to rewatch, I'm going to rate it a little bit lower, right? If it's kind of slow, if it's um, slow to develop and it's not fun, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch it basically. So that's kind of how I went about it. I don't really have a scoring rubric today. This is just going to be my personal favorite. I want you guys to sound off. Obviously everybody's different, right? It's our own opinion. Everybody loves different films, right? My winners could be completely different and I expect them to be completely, completely different from all of you that are listening. So let me hear it. If you um, have an opinion or if you completely disagree with me, which I expect, hit me up on Twitter at a Joel New World. Um, let me know what you think. Be a part of the show and give me some feedback. That's why I'm doing this. That's why you guys are listening to interact and to respond to me. So let me know what do you think is the best film or give me some criticism, right? I don't really mind. But the 17 seed Brave taking on 20 onward, I'm going to pick the one that I enjoy more. The one that I enjoy more here is a film that was released during the pandemic. So some of you may have some of these feelings that, you know, that nostalgia factor. I know I talk about that a lot, but that plays a big role. And where you watched it, you know, when you're watching these movies, you're also making memories too, right? If you watch it at home for the first time, if you watch it at, um, in your backyard, maybe you're putting up a projector in a big screen for the first time, watching this movie for the first time, that's going to generate a new memory or new core memory, right? Our Inside Out fans out there, right? That's what it's all about. You remember if you went to the theater, everybody in your theater cheered or was crying in your theater, right? You remember that. If you watched it with your family or your wife or girlfriend for the first time in your backyard or at home in the living room, you're going to remember that. And that's what these movies, that's why I love movies. Not only are you remembering what happened in the movie, you're also remembering those memories that you make by, um, you know, being there in person, making those memories. You remember the setting, you remember what you ate, you remember what you're smelling, right? You remember the, the lights, you remember the music, 
You remember everything. So not only are you watching the movie and remembering that, you kind of remember where you are at that moment too. So um, it's kind of like a time capsule, if you will. All right. I remember that one of the first movies that me and my wife watched together were, was Up. So one of these movies on this film, I remember exactly where we were, um, you know, so it just kind of brings back those memories and creates those as well. So let's get to it. Brave and Onward. Like I said, I kind of gave a spoiler, but the one that was released during the pandemic on Disney Plus is going to get the nod here from me. It's going to get the victory over Brave. So Onward is going to move on over Brave. It's one of the newer ones released in 2020. For me, the characters are more memorable. Maybe it has something to do with, you know, there wasn't much going on in the world during the pandemic. And on Disney Plus, we had this one movie to enjoy. There wasn't a lot of content being released at the time, if you remember. You know, we we're kind of just, you know, hungry for more and more new things, new experiences, because we were so used to getting it constantly, a new movie every Friday. Then the world kind of stopped. Kind of stopped moving, and I remember WandaVision came out. I remember Onward was released. Soul was released around the same time, I think on Christmas of that year. And we were just very hungry for new content, new experiences. And we got that with Onward, and I was very happy, very pleasantly surprised. Part of the world was like, this is probably not a good movie since they're not releasing it in the box office. And it's strictly released on Disney+. Plus, But... For me, I like Onward. I like the story. I like the magic that it's, it's talking about. Brave, for me, doesn't have... You know, it has Merida. That's a memorable character. has some memorable moments. But the rewatchability for me is pretty low. So I'm going to go with Onward. I can rewatch that. It's a fun film. It's kind of funny. And it has a good story, too. And it has a lot of heart. So I'm going to go with Onward. Try not to give away too many spoilers on these movies if you haven't seen it. Some of these have been out for a long, long time. But... Um, but there we go. If you hear like a noise or a beep, I apologize, but it's, um, kind of synced up. My phone's kind of synced up to my new, uh, Apple computer. So that's what it is. Sorry. All right. Onward advances. Next, we have the 18 seed soul taking on 19, a bug's life. And for this again, I don't know if it depends on where I watched it for the first time or how old I was when I saw it for the first time. But for this one, I'm going to pick soul. Soul was released. Along the same lines as Onward, not in theater, but on Disney+. And A Bug's Life was the second movie that was ever created. So, animation has come a long way since, what was it, 1998, I believe I said? Yeah, 1998, A Bug's Life, versus 2022. A lot of advancements have been made in, in animation. And it really plays to soul here. It plays to the style of the movie and the characters, and the overall message that it's trying to send here in this movie. I'm going to pick Soul. I'm not going to get into too much detail about some of these movies, but I'm just going to give you my winner, and I want to hear from you. What do you think is the better movie? So Soul is moving on to take on Onward. And we're going to get to it, because this kind of wraps up this little play-in bracket here of these 17 through 20 seeds. And it's Onward versus Soul. Two Disney Plus originals. Two of the first two... Um, Disney movies ever released. I think it was the first two solely released on Disney Plus. And I'm just going to get to it. I think Soul is the better movie here. It has a better rewatchability factor. Not saying that Onward does not. Onward is fun, but I think the overall message that Soul is trying to send here, it's pretty deep. 
right? A lot of people think of these Pixar and Disney movies as being kids' movies, but a lot of them have, they work on different levels, right? They work at different ages or stages of your life. If you are a kid, you're going to see it for what it is as a kid from that point of view. As you age and see it over and over again, um, as you get older and experience different things in life, you're going to see it through a different lens and a different point of view. And some of these are very deep. They're very mature movies. And Soul is definitely a mature film, along with Onward too. But um, Soul has a great message and it's a great film. So I'm going to pick Soul to take out Onward. So now we're going to kind of put a, a pause there and we'll come back to it um, when it's time for Soul to take on a new challenger. Let's get to the one seed versus 16 seed. Toy Story 3 versus Cars. Cars has a franchise. Toy Story has a franchise. Cars was the original. Toy Story 3 was the third in the um, four films. They have other short films as well. But Toy Story 3 versus Cars. And for me, it comes down to personal favorites, right? For me, it doesn't get much better than the Toy Story franchise. Those characters, it's humorous. It has a good message too, like I said. And it has heart. This one really tugs at your heartstrings. And for me, I'm going to pick Toy Story 3 over Cars. I'm not a big Cars fan. I love the theming. I love the characters. I love all that. But I feel like it's missing a little bit of heart, missing some of that um, extra that Pixar is known for having. So here, I may get some haters here. Maybe there's some car Cars diehards out there. But the overall franchise, for sure, I would pick Toy Story. And in this case, I would even pick one of the best Toy Story films, Toy Story 3, to take out the original Cars. Love Cars. It's a fun movie. Other than that, there's not. it's kind of missing something for me is what I'm trying to say. So Toy Story 3 is moving on to the second round. Next, we have the 8-seed Toy Story 4 taking on the 9-seed Coco. Like I said, this is a hard decision because I love Toy Story. I love that franchise. But for this one, I'm going to pick Coco. Coco has grown on me over the years. The more and more I see it, the more and more it works for me. And the more it tugs at my heartstrings. And if you've ever seen it, you know exactly what part I'm talking about. It's hard to hold back tears during that part if you're watching it and you're dedicated to that movie. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Toy Story 4 is a fun film. Um, does have some emotional parts at the end too as well. But Coco is original. Um, it's not the fourth rendition of a movie. It's a totally new universe, totally new character, and a totally new message. Um, and I'm going to go with Coco. So Coco is going to take on Toy Story 3. Next we have one of my favorite matchups here. Number 7, Monsters, Inc. Number 10, Toy Story I'm going to get to it. Toy Story. Toy Story, it's going to be hard to take out Toy Story. I grew up, it was the original. It blew me away when I saw it for the first time. And I can watch that over and over again and learn something new every time. And I can take something new away from it. And I never get tired of watching the original Toy Story. I don't know what it is. If it takes me back to 1995 when I was a kid. Or what. But I love Buzz and Woody. Doesn't get better than that. It has a simple story. It has a message, and it's great. Which kind of bums me out, because I love Monsters, Inc. almost equally. Um, Monsters, Inc. is one of my favorite universes to be a part of, but if you're going to make me pick between the two, and that's what brackets are all about, I'm picking Toy Story all day. Moving on. Period. 
Number five, Wally taking on number 12, The Incredibles. Both of these are incredible films. Wally was the highest rated, I believe, along with Coco on the IMDb ratings. But this one is going to come down to characters and rewatchability. For me, Wally is kind of hard to rewatch for me. There's not a lot of dialogue, not a lot of talking going on. There's a couple of robots throughout most of the film until the end. And there's not a lot of dialogue, like I said. But for what what you get, and you're telling these, it's almost like a long Pixar short, if that makes sense. Um, well, there's not a lot of words said, or sometimes no words said at all. But Wally tells a good story. But The Incredibles is incredible. Simply put, it was made a long time ago, and then finally we got a sequel, which everybody's been begging for. But The Incredibles, it's a family story, and it's Pixar or Disney's dive into the superhero realm, which we have Avengers and Marvel and all of that and DC going on right now. And that's Pixar's kind of attempt at that, and they knock it out of the park. So I'm going to pick The Incredibles over Wally. Number three, Finding Nemo, taking on 14 Ratatouille. I'm going to go with Finding Nemo. I'm just going to get to the point here. Ratatouille, I love it. I love the film. I love the message that anybody can cook or anyone can cook, as Chef Gusto says, um, and Remy comes to learn. We got a new ride in Epcot here, Walt Disney World Resort. Love it. Finding Nemo. I love the story. I love the message. And I love the heart a little bit more so than Ratatouille. I think it's a better put together film than Ratatouille. So for that, I'm going to pick Finding Nemo. Next, we have number four, Inside Out, taking on Toy Story 2, the 13 seed. I love Toy Story. This is a hard pick for me, but I love Inside Out because it's an original concept, an original film, an original story. And I'm going to pick Inside Out to take out Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2, you get the addition of Jesse in it, and it's one of my son's favorite films, but I'm going to pick Inside Out over this one. Just very, very closely. Next, number six, Incredibles 2, taking on 11, Finding Dory. I feel like Finding Dory gets a lot of hate, but I love that film. It's a really funny one, and it's really good. Incredibles 2 is awesome as well. And I'm going to go with Incredibles 2. I'm a big fan of Incredibles, that whole universe, the family. And I feel like both films tell two completely different stories here. So I'm going to make or allow Incredibles 2 to move on over Finding Dory. Next, we have number two up, taking on 15, Monsters University. Both are great films. But I've never seen a film tell a story with so little words within the first, I think it's like six or seven minutes of a film. And that's up. You told a complete story in six or seven minutes. You made them root for the characters, laugh with them, and cry. Because it's sad. It's one of the saddest openings of a of a movie I've ever seen, and that's up. If you have seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're still getting over it, right? Just mentioning the word up or Carl and Ellie, it's going to make you tear up a little bit. So for that, I'm going to go with up. Monsters University is very fun, very rewatchable, but up tells an incredible story. Um, so I'm going to pick up here. Now we're going on to the second round. We have Toy Story 3 taking on Coco. Both are incredible films. I'm going to go with Coco here. This is a shocker for me. I thought I would pick Toy Story all day, but I think Coco, the more I watch it, the more it grows on me. I love the music in it, and I love the story overall. Toy Story 3 is pretty sad towards the end, and it's 
it's kind of hard to rewatch for me. I don't want to rewatch that part. Coco has its sad moments too, but it's um, overall it's very happy at the end. So I'm going to pick Coco. Big shocker there for me. So the nine seeds moving on. Toy Story versus The Incredibles. This is probably one of the hardest decisions I had to make in this bracket. But like I said, I can rewatch Toy Story all day long and not get tired of it. So I'm picking Toy Story over The Incredibles. Very good matchup, but the 10 seed Toy Story is taking out The Incredibles here. And for me, I think The Incredibles 2, I enjoy that one more than the original Incredibles by just a little bit. So that might come into play here later. Finding Nemo, taking on Inside Out. And this is fun. He gets me fun matchups here. But I'm going to go with Finding Nemo. I love the characters. I love the setting under the ocean, in the water. Um, Inside Out is getting a sequel pretty soon. But Finding Nemo, that's a classic film. Classic um, film that got a sequel as well. And I'm going to take that one to the next round. Next, we have The Incredibles 2 taking on Up. Very good movies. For me, this one came down to which one can I watch more, which connect, or which characters do I connect with more, um, and I'm going to go with Incredibles 2. That story is more fun to me. Sometimes it's hard to watch the beginning of Up. It's very depressing at, at some of the times there. Uh, it's very sad, but it does get more, more happy towards the end. But for me, I'm going to take on Incredibles 2 to the next round with me. Now we have Coco versus Toy Story. Like I said... I've talked about these films quite a bit. One's more musically focused. One's more, um, you know, Woody's trying to keep his spot in Andy's room as the lead toy or the head toy. Um, feeling threatened by Buzz, but then they kind of learn to coexist in their own little world. I'm going to pick Toy Story. It was the original for a reason. It started all this for a reason. I'm going to pick Toy Story. Just barely taking out Coco here. Next, we have Finding Nemo versus The Incredibles 2. I'm going to go with a more fun film, and that is Incredibles 2. I love that film. I love the concept here. I love the story. They're moving on, taking out Finding Nemo. Alright, now we have a little break, so stay tuned, and we'll finish this here in just a minute. Okay, let's get to finishing this bracket. Where we stand right now is we have Toy Story that advanced over Coco, Incredibles 2 advanced over Finding Nemo, and we also have Soul. Don't forget Soul down there. Soul advanced over Onward. You can argue that the competition wasn't as stiff, but definitely don't discount Soul. It was a great film. was not released in the box office like we said earlier, but still a great film. So what I think I'm going to do here is have Soul compete against Incredibles 2 to see who will take on Toy Story in the championship round of our bracket. So, Incredibles 2 versus Soul. Two completely different films. One is very, very fun. It's an adventure film. One is kind of about life, and as you get to a certain point of life in Soul, what you want to do, what means the most to you, what's important. And that's Soul. That's a heavy film for a kid's film. Probably one of the heaviest films out there. Along with Up, I think some would argue. But uh, it definitely has some fun moments. And I know, you know, when you're watching movies as a kid and then you watch them versus as an adult, it definitely changes, right? The message definitely changes. And you're like, whoa, I, didn't, I had no idea that's what happened uh, in that movie when I was watching it when I was younger. So, you know, I doubt the kids can kind of grasp 
everything that soul has to offer but it, as an adult it hits pretty hard and it's a it's a heavy film for sure and it has a deep message um so for me on this one this is a tough choice i enjoyed both but the one that i was most excited for and didn't disappoint you know those movies that you get really excited for you watch the trailers you're super pumped up and then for whatever reason huge letdown huge disappointment well, this was not the case for Incredibles 2. So Incredibles 2 is going to move on over Soul very slightly. I feel like it's the better film, the more fun film, and definitely the more rewatchable film. Not to discount Soul in any way, shape, or form, but Incredibles 2, love it. Love all the characters, like we've said before. Love the plot and what they're trying to do. Um, Screen Slaver was pretty cool too, and for... Um, my Incredibles fans out there, I'd love to see an Underminer uh, sequel and maybe an Incredibles 3 out there one day. And Bomb Voyage. I haven't forgot about you, Bomb Voyage. But I would love to see Underminer and Bomb Voyage kind of team up in Incredibles 3. I feel like that would be super fun, super cool. Um, and a good way to wrap it out make it a trilogy. I think it definitely deserves one. Okay. Now we have Incredibles 2 taking on Toy Story. Toy Story was the original film that started it all back in 1995. Incredibles 2 was a sequel. And I think it's a little bit better than the original Incredibles, in my opinion. It's more fun, and the animation is much, much better. So when you're looking at it that way, Toy Story was the original. The animation suffers slightly, right? While time has passed, and Incredibles 2 is here, and the animation or the computer-generated um, animation is incredible but to me it comes down to story and it comes down to enjoyment i enjoy the heck out of both of these movies but for me it goes back to the original 1995's i don't care about the quality of animation i care about the story and the heart and the message and the characters most of all buzz and woody i love all the side characters in that as well Ham, Rex, love them all. And for that reason, I'm going with Toy Story being the best. The first being the best Pixar movie ever. And with that, that's going to wrap up our episode today, episode number 11. I'm going to think about what we want to do for next episode. Thank you all so much for your support, your downloads, your listens. It really means a lot to me. Um, as usual, always follow me on Twitter, at Adult New World. Let me know what you think is your favorite or best Pixar movie out there. There's 26 of them. So I expect there to be some disagreements as well. Maybe some people agree with me, but let me hear it. At a Joel New World, check out my YouTube channel, At a Joel New World. And also my Patreon. Um, any kind of support helps. Helps keep the show running. Helps with the um, production of this show and this podcast. And it'll definitely help me... Um, keep making this podcast go and keeping it working and i enjoy making these episodes for sure but it definitely takes a little bit of money and time and effort to put this together so any little support would definitely help out other than that thank you for your downloads and your support and listening i've enjoyed making today's episode i hope you enjoyed listening to it and i'll see you next time on a joel new world boy that escalated quickly I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? 2319! We have a 2319! <sighs>
adventure. Excitement. Eh. Eh. Jedi craves not these things. <laughs> <laughs>